I would love to say, after all this time, going back, back to the Matrix. Matrix. However, we just, not only did we cover something that took place in the Matrix barely a year ago, but we covered this movie specifically a year ago. So it hasn't really been all that much time. It it really has not. Here, wait, I'm looking. Oh my God, Caroline. What? We, by a day, we missed the year anniversary. No way. No, it came out December 22nd, 2021. Time of recording, it is December 21st. 2022 dude well that that brings us into my next little uh piece of (laughs) piece of world building which is um i I said to carson um our beloved producer Corey is not recording with us today but um we have a pretty quick turnaround time for this episode and carson and i just like couldn't find a time because we're very bad at our schedules oh yes and I was like, Corey, if you like want me to like, if it's too much of an ask, like I have some time off of work this week for the holidays. I was like, I can edit this thing together. And Corey was like, no, just, just uh, mark any time codes you think uh, might need, like might need an edit and just send that to me. Um, So speaking of which, that clock starts now. Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, and so my goal is as a gift to Corey, my goal is to not have any cuts. My goal is to do 100% pure, pure podcasting. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Which Merry is- Christmas, Corey. We're going to be good at our jobs for once. So maybe if we can make that happen, maybe we can get this episode out a little bit early and oh, yeah. get it out tomorrow and we can do a year to the day. That oh is unimportant. That'd what is wild. important is... We're talking about the Matrix Resurrections. Oh, I already told Caroline before we started, but like I I rewatched this a few days ago because initially we were going to record this a little earlier and then, yeah, schedules got in the way, whatever. But then I had like half an hour before we started recording. So I rewatched the last 20 minutes because it goes real hard. So I've like behind my computer where I'm recording this right now, I've still got on my TV based on the characters created by the Wachowskis, like paused. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. This movie's so good. It's so cool. Yeah. And this is a movie that every time I watch it, I like it like significantly more. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Like, because like, I was. Sorry, but like, you know, because last year I saw it, I saw it like a few days after you saw it. And it was one of those where it was like, okay, as soon as I get out of the theater, I'm going to text Caroline. And I got out and I'm pretty sure my texts were something along the lines of like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm not sure. Like, I'm still in the midst of processing it. And it was like my specific intention after we talked about it for the first time on Patreon a year ago. I was like, this is one that I think is probably going to grow really tremendously. So I'm going to because we had you know figured out, oh, we're kind of going to cover it for real in about a year. And holy shit, did that work out really well? I was like, I'm just going to wait until we cover it again to watch it again. And second watch, it really cemented itself like it really go went down even smoother and it's all the stuff that's good about it is just so good yes because i will say i've probably watched this movie like i have probably like sat down and like watched this movie i think this was my third time Mm. um however i like last year it came out and it was the whole thing where it was like like two days after it came out, like they didn't do the full 30 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like within a week of it coming out, it was on HBO max. Yeah. 
Um, maybe it was same day now that I think about it, because I actually think like two days later, I watched it again. But it was like, you know, because I mean, this movie was such a big deal among big fucking nerds like us, because it was mm-hmm. that thing of like. You know, the first Matrix came out, it was the Matrix. It was one of the most important pieces of pop cinema of the last 30 years, just period, yeah. bar none. Yeah. Um, and then there were the two sequels that at the time people really hated, but there's been a resurgence of it. And there's been a whole culture war on the Matrix because of the whole red pill thing. And, you know, and like with, you know, Lana Wachowski coming out since that, since the the last three films and being like, no, like it very much like, it wasn't ex- like I we didn't sit down to write a movie about being trans, but like all of that stuff is in there. Like that is what we were dealing with. That was that was the things we were going through the process. So like it became the Matrix has become like a big LGBT LGBT film. Incels hate it and they're like, oh, that first one was good, but then they went woke. And it's just like there was so much fucking discourse around this movie when it came yeah. out that. I like I rewatched all the movies. I listened to a zillion podcasts about about them. Uh, I was really like in the zone for the Matrix. And then it's so, like the week after this came out, I watched it, like two more times on HBO. Yeah, because it was just, like, oh, I can just like throw it on. Like, I'm not ready for this to be done. Like, I've put so much time. I spent so much time sure. talking about this. Um, and I. Yeah, like I just am not ready. Like I've seen the movie. I'm not ready to be done with it yet. I can't. It's not just that I've seen the movie and now that's that we put that to bed. I was like, no, my brain has been swimming in this for months at this point. So I've watched it like a couple times, like while it was on HBO, like right after it came out. And then like I've watched it like two or three more times in earnest since then. This is probably my third, if not fourth time sitting down and watching it. And this is a film that is just as dense plot wise as the original matrix yeah oh yeah oh yeah significantly less concerned with being extremely streamlined and like really lean and punchy yeah i i was thinking about a, a metaphor that we talk about a lot and that it, you you put it in these words specifically in a recent episode of the main feed um we, we talk a lot about how at least I do that like movies are either dreams or puzzles and you put it in the way of uh, movies are either Swiss watches or mood boards. Mood boards, Yeah. And I was thinking watching it this time, how especially the original matrix and then very much to the same extent, the, uh, the two sequels are super Swiss watchy. They are like just these like perfect kind of timed objects. They have very specific philosophical takes on things. This one feels so much more to me like a mood board. Yes, and like 100%. that's not not to say that it's any less smart or less concerned with the philosophy and the you know and and the politics stuff that the first three were. It's just that this one is so much feels so much more personal and feels so much more like Lana Wachowski just being like, okay, I've been thinking about all this stuff, and I'm just gonna kind of. I'm going to explore it all. I'm going to get into every, I'm going to like get onto every little bit of it and just kind of let it, let you marinate in that for two and a half hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and I think that you said that it's a lot more personal and I, I think I mostly agree with that. I think it is, I think this is a, a film that is so much more expressive and a mm-hmm. film that is a lot more, um, a film that is a lot more like, like interrogating mm-hmm. its ideas. Whereas the original matrix, one of my favorite films of all time, incredible movie. Um, the original matrix kind of has more of a thesis Mm-hmm. Like the original Matrix is much more like we are being controlled. We have to break out like our society is, you know, this our, our society is only real because we've been told it's real. And as soon as you start to pull it apart and as soon as you start to interrogate it, like everything crumbles and like yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like, and it has stuff that it is saying. And this movie is a lot more like, dude, I don't know, but I know this ain't it. Yeah. Like, I don't have the answer. Like, I do not have the answer to all of society's problems. And I can diagnose a lot of them. But what I do know is I like, there's a, there's a, there's a really wonderful person in my life that I I really want to be close to. And I really want to kiss. And like, that's kind of really kind of where it begins and ends. Yeah. This time I, so much thinking about how, uh, I've said, I think of this podcast and a lot in real life about how my favorite genre of movie is, oh, they should kiss. And this movie is a big, <laughs> oh, they should kiss movie. And when it finally happens, it is such a fucking like fist pumping moment. Um, okay. I think we can use that to kind of get into the plot of the film. If you're okay yes, with that. Because, 100%. Uh, yeah. Because watching this the first time and then even the, this time knowing where it was going, it was certainly a lot easier. But that the opening of the movie is so breaking obtuse i mean and much in the way that the i mean quite literally in the way that the opening of the first matrix is where it it is in media rest it just drops you into it and you spend 10 minutes just being like uh i don't know this is interesting but i don't know who these people are like what they're doing or where any of this is going um and then the moment watching it the first time and then especially this time where it all really clicks for me is you go back and you have the reveal of, oh, fuck, Neo's back in the Matrix. He's Thomas Anderson again, and he is a video game developer who made a trilogy called The Matrix. Uh, and it's so good. And um, I, I think maybe my favorite part of this movie, other than the ending, is the, uh, the Go Ask Alice montage. Because, to me, it really sells... It sells a feeling that I think is both really important to the success of this movie's plot and its characters. Also something that I can really, I imagine that is very personal to Lana Wachowski and also something that like really speaks to, I think, a feeling in modernity. Which is that what's happening is that like, (laughs) metatextually, that montage, I think very much is Lana Wachowski being like, well, fuck, I made The Matrix. And everybody was like, yeah, that's it. You did it. It's amazing. It was perfect. But like, just because I made The Matrix didn't mean that like, there's no more Matrix. It's like the Matrix just kept happening. Like society was still bad. And now I'm just still here. And like, I can perfectly diagnose all the problems with society. And I made a revolutionary piece of art that in some ways, you know, you could say however much like 0.001% of society, the actual work of Bart, like the Matrix, contributed to changing. But like, I don't know, I'm still in it. I'm richer now. And like people like me more. 
but like that itself is its own weird form of prison that I'm I'm now trapped in. Like, and it's just like that montage feels so much like living in modern society of just the kind of yeah, all my needs are met, and like everything's really nice, but fuck the malaise. Like, oh, yes. just like the 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 lack of meaning and everything is so palpable. Yes. Um, yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about the opening, but yes, yeah, to we that, go back to that to that general point. Yes, we've got to go back to the Matrix, which is go in this in, in this point is the opening, go which is the Matrix within the Matrix, it's which the is modal within the Matrix. In the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, it's the modal within the old Matrix video game that he made, which is a video game inside of the Matrix. Matrix. Which is but, in the movie The Matrix. So really right. it's your it's four, like four Matrix four down. matrices deep. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think you are 100% right. The whole bit before he gets out of the matrix feels so claustrophobic and artificial mm-hmm. and she does it really, really well because it captures that thing of like, cause obviously when you watch the matrix for the first time, yeah, when you watch the, 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 ver- the first matrix for the first time, like you don't really know. Like, even if you know, like, oh, yeah, it's a movie about how, like, he's living inside of a simulation. Like, you don't know the extent of that. Like, because you kind of think, oh, like, you kind of think, like, oh, our world is a simulation. Like, for like if you think about that premise, you think, like, there is a world that is just like this one. And, like, I'm a person who is actually living in that world, but my brain is, like, in this simulation. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, the world, like, the real world is very similar to this one might imagine. But then when the, the you watch The Matrix and it does that thing of, like, no, 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 no. Like, it is dark. Like, everyone's poor. There's, like, essentially no human beings left. Like, the world is destroyed. Like, none of this matters. Like, they're not like they're not doing this for any reason. Like, this isn't an experiment. This isn't like there's no purpose to you being in the Matrix other than like control. And like. They disguise that well in the first one in that, like. You're really unsure what's going on and you don't get the reveal like this is a simulation until like it's time to leave the simulation mm-hmm. and it's never concerned with like what the real world is until they're there but like mm-hmm. when you watch this movie knowing like you know what neo doesn't and you know exactly what the world outside is and you know that everything that he's going through is not only simulated but like like completely fake as a form of control it is so claustrophobic and so artificial and it does that it does the sequel thing well of like okay we can't just do it again so we have to come up with an additional twist and when you as the audience know exactly what the real world is like versus the matrix but like you're watching neo not know it it is so just unnerving the entire time yeah yeah and like Another, I think, really important update to the, and I think we'll talk maybe a little bit more about this later because the style of this movie, like it's, it, it's like terms of its visual direction, is is quite different from the original three Matrix films. And one of the ways that that is the true is that, like, just and I mean, it's it's within the plot of this. This is not the same Matrix that you were in from the previous three films. This is a new Matrix, and like it looks different purposefully because Lana's you know 
she's looking at like, okay, well, the internet used to be like this. This used to be like our kind of the way that we imaginated the internet as a society. Right. It's that it's that green tint everybody talks about. It's the kind of you know the dinginess, the the tight spaces. Everything's very square, right? And like Cause the way, yeah. Because 20 years ago, like people who made their lives on computers were fucking nerdy shut ins. Yeah. And yeah. now they are tech billionaires. Yes, they're tech billionaires. And like the fucking colors of this movie feel so specific. Like it's a thing that I, I've noticed a lot more watching it this time, especially given that like I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but I'm colorblind. So like I don't unless I'm really thinking about color, I don't always notice specific color changes and things. And like. Most of the time you're in the Matrix, there is this like reoccurring like color motif that I noticed. And it's that it's like everything is very vibrant, but there is a lot of um, uh, like, like backgrounds are, are pretty washed out. And then there are these bright pops of primary colors. And the whole time I'm fucking sitting there thinking, I'm like, fuck, it's Axe. This is what Axe yeah, look like. It's, it's fucking it. Google. Yeah. Like, and then you don't get that green tint again until uh, they're going back to Simulate at the end when, you know, when Neo's walking through the door and it, it feels, and that's, I think, part of how it, you know, makes it feel, you know, so dire there at the end that you're going back to the green. But like, yeah, just shit like that. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the opening. The opening, yes. It is the same, very very similar to the first one. You've got mm. the green, the, the digital rain and the voiceover. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love, like, I mean, we've talked about this in other episodes in this, and we will talk about it a lot in the Star Wars episodes we're about to do. But there is the whole thing where it's like, in so many of these legacy sequels, like, part of the thing they're grappling with is like, shit, there are now people who know who these characters are. Yeah. And like many of the characters like metatextually are like fans of their work. You yeah. know what I mean? Which I think is interesting that like, this is one of the, f well, George Miller doing that one, doing Mad Max and then Lana doing this is, are the only two of the series where the original filmmaker comes back in uh yeah yeah. yeah 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 so like it, it, it's interesting that she's she's doing that but like it's a thing where it's like bugs is so excited she's like wait a second she's like something's wrong here like this yeah. is old matrix code like yeah. why are we why are we coming here and then um seek is just like it's a trap like it, this yep. isn't right like this feels wrong like we shouldn't mm -hmm. be doing this again and it's like it's it's that feeling of like like you ask for another Matrix movie and you want another Matrix movie and you want to go back to the Matrix, but like you don't actually want this. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and also like, you know, I that's, I will just say real quickly, that is something about this movie that I am so impressed by is also just like Lana's playfulness with all of this material. Like just the way that she's dealing with the sort of meta text of it often comes off to me as just like so incredibly playful. And I think, Given that she is one of the original authors of the work that she is legacy equaling, she does have a little bit of room to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and also just given, and we'll talk about it a lot more later, but the thing you said, like the kind of, uh, the, the way the Matrix has lodged itself into the culture war, you know? Uh, and that that is something that she is oftentimes very playful, but also very, very, you know, searing and specific about. But like, 
Yeah, it, it's that first scene. It truly is. It's like me watching Force Awakens and just being like, oh, yeah, it's Star Wars. I mean, it's like, well, man, this is, re- is this Star Wars? This is like really right. close to Star Wars. Like, wait, that's the Death Star. No, it's not the Death Star. It's like a bigger Death Star. It looks like the Death Star, though, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, yeah and so, I mean, yes, the opening is really really solid and i mean it is that thing where it's like as soon as you as soon as you see quote-unquote trinity you're like "Uh uh-oh you're like something's wrong here Um, it's not quite trinity right because it isn't quite trinity (laughs) not quite trinity um i can't believe it's not trinity um yeah yeah. (laughs) but like i don't know the whole sequence is great and i don't know i think that so she runs away from the agents she meets up with yaya abdul mateen and it is that thing of like this movie makes a lot of sense upon rewatch. And, and I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's so much like the sequels, it, the, the, the two and three um, in that, like it all does make sense. And the logic within the film is very consistent and it like all does make a good amount of sense. However, the first time you watch it, your head is kind of spinning because he's like, I'm Morpheus and I need to like break out and find Neo. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. But you're in, you're like, you're, you're a program that was made for the first scene of the matrix movie, but mm-hmm. you are, but you had to come to Jesus moment. Like after you went to the gym. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like what's going on and like, and so it's like, so it's like the simulation is real. Yeah. Like, like it's not just this one small room. Like, it isn't just this one little, like, area to recreate the first scene of the Matrix. Like, you're going about, you're having a whole Matrix life, but, and, like, yeah. it does make sense upon rewatch. It did kind of throw me the first time I watched it. Yeah, given that he walks in and is like, I am Morpheus, and you're like, you are not Lawrence Fishburne, and then he's like, also, I'm Agent Smith, and you're like, well, you're definitely not Hugo Weaving, right? Like, like 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, and, you know, upon rewatch, the kind of the We'll say it's one of those things that and it's you just you're comparing this to the original Matrix, which, as we keep saying, is like a perfect cultural artifact. There are some things in this movie in terms of its plot that are like messy and weird and like you do need to like really fucking think about them to make sense. And like especially upon rewatch, all that stuff doesn't really matter to me that much like the core of what this is is like so like the emotional truth of this is so like incredibly perfect that like yeah whatever he's morpheus andy smith i don't i don't care like it doesn't it doesn't really matter like right it's fine yeah 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 and i mean yeah yeah is really really great in this oh yeah, um, yeah so good. he he unfortunately runs into the same problem that they run into with morpheus yep, in yep, yep. two and three mm-hmm. which is what do we do with him after he's got Neo? Because like the whole the whole thing of Morpheus is that he believes in Neo. So like when he is proven right, he just kind of hangs out. And in yeah. this movie, they prove him right about uh, an hour in. Yeah, and he does. I will say he gets something that uh that Lawrence Fishburne never got, which is uh, he turns into beads and beads go down tube. And that's pretty cool. It's I like the beads. They're cool. Uh, This is a bit of a skip, but I didn't want to ask you about this because it's been, you've watched the sequels 
more than I have also. Yes. Um, how does the whole like, and I'm skipping forward in the plot, but I will be talking to Neo and being like, yeah, after the siege on Zion, everybody was like, yep, Morpheus, you're our new boss now. You're the head of the high council. Like, how does that hit you? Because that feels, something about that feels kind of weird to me. No, that feels 100% right. Yeah, you think so? I mean, because yeah. that's obviously like what Morpheus wants. But the thing, I don't know, the thing that kind of like gets in the way for me is like, okay, so the religious zealot becomes the head of your society. It seems like a society that was very impacted, but like that's your top guy in that society. Neo comes back and like people are even weirder about him coming back than they are in this movie. Yeah, you know? well, because so, I mean, if you watch the second, if you watch the second one, there's the big scene where Morpheus addresses like, all of Zion. Yeah. And he's basically like, guys, we did it. We found Jesus. Like we found, yeah, yeah. we found the guy, like we've got our thing. And everyone's like, you know, and he, I mean, he commands the fuck out of the, not even the room, the giant cave, mm -hmm. like the, the, the massive, extremely large cave um, with thousands of people. But like he commands the attention of the crowd and they're all like, yay, like we're stoked. Like, thanks Morpheus. You did, you did so good. Um, so it doesn't, and I think it's one of those things too, kind of like we were just talking about of like, well, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, but it does, this movie does have a lot on its mind and it does rush things mm -hmm. that like it, it, it does kind of, I can see why it feels a little funky to you, but like, I like the narrative thing of like, you know, Neo comes back and he's like, but we're at war with the machines again. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, kind of. And it's like, sort of. It's like, yeah, there's a matrix again, and there are people in it, and there are machines who are, but like, we are fine. Like, we have like a peace with them. And you'll be like, so I didn't change anything. Yeah. And then be like, no, you changed everything, but yeah. you, it, it all changed. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that when the machines start fighting with one another and putting humans back in the matrix, because Morpheus has been vindicated so mm -hmm. much, it makes sense to me that he would not be able to adjust to that. He'd be like, no, like Neo was here and he mm -hmm. made peace with the machines and we got everybody out of the matrix. And, uh, yeah. And now like, you know, or well, rather we got the people who want to come out of the matrix out of the matrix and we've awoken mm -hmm. all these minds and they no longer are, are being forced to be in there against their will. So like, no, we fixed it. And then like when things start backsliding, he can't buy it. That that all makes sense to me, but it is very quick. And it is like a lot of like, you kind of have to know a decent amount about the lore to be like, does that track? Yeah, especially the whole like, I mean, and it's something especially on rewatch that I get. And just knowing the sequels well enough to know that like, well, the whole thing with the end of the Matrix isn't like they're like, nope, there's no more Matrix. It's just like, hey, if somebody wants out of the Matrix, you gotta let them go. We're not, you know, you're like, if they decide that they are not doing it, you gotta let them go. If they don't, that's on then use them for power, you know? And yeah, and the machines are true to their word. They keep them doing, but that, you know, that's the whole, it is good. And that's the whole like, and then they talk about how like the machines go to war with themselves over like power scarcity, which, it's just good. Like, that's cool. You know, that's whatever. If you're taking the metaphor of the machines being like, like representing fascism and like the oppressive class, you know, that's 
last days of Hitler shit. That's fall of the Soviet Union. That's all the oligarchs trying to carve out their own little, you know, slice of whatever once everything starts falling apart. Um, which I think also makes the kind of metaphor of like, okay, well, it's a new matrix, and but it's mostly just this one dude's like weird egotistical passion project thing, like right. operate really well too. Yeah, it's it's cool. That's a cool idea. Um, all right. So Neo meets meets a woman. He's with his one of the dudes that works at his fucking video game company. Yes. This dickhead. They go to Simulate, a cool name. A very cool latte. <laughs> or a very cool name. <laughs> a very cool name for a coffee shop in San Francisco where a bunch of video game developers go. Um, and he meets a woman, and once you know, she looks so much like the woman from his video game. Yes. But and not to anybody but them. Not to anybody but him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Okay. So um I do love. I do love that, um, you know, that she makes like literally like Bugs is like, no, he's a handler program. Like his entire his entire (laughs) existence is to annoy the fuck out of you to just keep you like to like derail your day. Like anytime you go too far away, he like calls you and is like, bro, there's like something going wrong (laughs) at the at the whatever. And so it's like and it's like because they need it, they need to get neo and trinity close yeah. to one another to generate yeah. more power but they can't let him do it so he's got to yeah. be like hey why don't you go hit on her and then he's got to ruin it you yeah, know yeah, and it's, yeah. he just has to and it's it's just very funny that you know um that like lana very purposefully puts in there he's like bro i love the first matrix movies yeah. like he's like he's like I, or the, the trilogy he's like yeah. i love him so much i love him so much like they're so fucking cool man and also is like the most obnoxious dweeb on the planet because it's just like, like you said, she has a lot of yeah. fun with the incel thing. Yeah. A very great case in point is what we have to talk about. <laughs> the thing that we were texting about, yeah, when I was, that I had to text Carolina was watching was that, so, you know, he, he's like, oh, do you go, go talk to her and like butts himself in, you know, butts himself in and like makes um, Neo go talk to Trinity. Trinity introduces herself as Tiffany good fucking bit it's funny it sounds kind of like trinity but not quite and also it's just like the most like classic like you know like vapid white woman name you know it's like this close to karen yeah and then well and the the thing too about tiffany is like is like i guess like i guess like if like she does say like most people call me tiff yeah like like that is not a woman named tiffany no, you know what no, I mean. Like that no, name no, suits it, it, her so horrendously. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you see her reflection at the one point, and she's blonde, and like, you know, it's it makes more sense that that's her name. Does not suit her. And then the best bit. There are two points in this movie that, like, when it came to Lana's playfulness with the whole thing, I tackled. And then she says, "This is my husband, Chad." Which is so good on so many levels. Because one, that is uh, a man being played. By Chad Stileski, who was uh, Keanu's stunt double and one of the like minor stunt coordinators for the original trilogy. So like um, quite literally like yeah. a stand in for Keanu. Like, like he's, he's quite literally a fake Neo. him. Yeah. yeah, he's fake, fake, uh, fake Neo. Um, and then also like we talked about and we will continue to talk about Lana is dealing with the fact that like as perfect and like well-intentioned and like 
perfectly constructed as her original Matrix movie is, it weirdly became like incel bait. Like they just took that and were like, no, the Matrix is our thing. And like the whole Chad Stacy thing is like such a fucking incel thing. And like yes. literally, she literally, it's a lot of saying, yeah, look at this fucking Chad. But like yes. Chad's not cool. Chad sucks. He's like a tool of fascism. Yeah, and just that thing of like of like absolutely playing with the bit of yeah. like oh like like using like using their iconography against them because that's the thing it's just like oh like like women don't want to be with you they just want to mm-hmm. be with some Chad and like and and it's like it's so good I saw it's this really movie good. on opening night in IMAX with not like a packed house because it was still yeah. like it was still like I mean we're not post COVID nobody's post COVID like. Yeah there's still so many there's still so much COVID going around but like this was like the first like winter holiday season when once everybody had been vaccinated right so um you know I saw it opening night like on a Thursday to a non-packed theater but in IMAX it's still an IMAX screening so probably like at least 45 or 50 people in the theater and she says this is my husband Chad and I tackled yeah, because it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's really funny. And I am the only one in the theater who even like maybe other people like politely chuckled to themselves under their breath was like, oh, I see what she did there. Yeah. But like I thought it was the funniest goddamn thing I'd ever heard. And I cackled and was the only one who made any sort of audible reaction. Yeah, same. And then like I had forgotten that detail and then watching it again, I was like, oh, my God, Lana, you got me another time. That's so good. Ah, oh, so fucking funny. Um, all right. So I just, I just gotta say, uh, when they when they touch for the first time, it's just it's magical. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. They're like Carrie and Keanu. Like both of their performances in this movie are like so freaking understated. Like they don't like. I if if I had to guess. If you took maybe like the principal five actors, those two included, they probably have the least amount of lines of any of those people. Like, I bet you Niobe talks more than than uh, uh, than Trinity does, you know, Bugs certainly does like um, and like Neil Patrick Harris has some. Oh, he never shuts the fuck up. That's the whole thing with this guy is by the end, you're just like, God damn it. Stop talking. Um, But like. Yeah, so much of their performance, especially in the scenes when they're together, are just like just glances and like looks and gazes and just kind of like luxuriating the words. And like that is so that's something you can only get away with if you have these two actors that have done this so many times. If you have these two actors coming back together to play these two characters that have this history. And like, yeah, it's so good. It sells the, I mean, again, it sells like, it's the thing I said before, like, even if like the plot contrivance of, you know, the two of them together are making the energy and it's all about hope and we got to keep them too close together, but not too far apart and like jacking her out of the matrix. Even if all of that, like in some ways is like silly anime bullshit, like the emotional reality of like, yeah, if these two could just get together, they could change the world, like is so sold yes. by the two actors in their scenes. And and just like that feeling of like, you know, even if even if they never, ever, 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 ever break out of the Matrix in yeah. this movie. That first 45 minutes of just like or however long it is 
of just that thing of like she's being pulled away by her family. He's being pulled away by like his work and like his stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And like, they're going through all of this bullshit and they're both going to the gym, which is a detail I I really like um, because like nothing. And, and I say this as somebody who goes to the gym. I say this as somebody who works for a gym, mm. specialty gym, but I work for a gym. Um, like there is no better signifier for just like, I'm just trying to put my head down and get through life. Like yeah. somewhat normally didn't just like, I'm just going to go to the gym because yeah. like, cause like I, 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 my life is such that I can't just walk around. I can't just like eat the kind of food I should be eating and get the amount of activity I should be getting. So I have to kind of compartmentalize it and overcompensate for the fact that I'm sitting around and just like, just like they go to the fucking gym. And I love that. And it's just like all of this. And like, you're watching the two of them just talk in the coffee shop and you do get that feeling of like, God, like, why are they doing anything else? Why yeah. are they doing yeah. anything? Why do they not just both just drop everything and sit down and talk over coffee? Like yeah. the, the, the like magnetism that they, that they sell between the two of them is just so wonderful. Oh yeah. It, it's incredible. And like, you have the, obviously the, like the plot reason just that like, yeah. Cause like, an analyst keeps making up dumb life bullshit that's going to get in the way of the two of them talking over coffee. It's like, you know, she's got her kids and he's got to make this dumb fucking video game. And like, uh, I guess we got to go back to our stupid lives. We can't just keep doing this, you know, and it's it's good. It's really good. Freaking. Um, yeah, that coffee shop scene is incredible. Um, did you have the first time you watched this? Did you have a couple of instances where you're like, fuck, like, wait, are they, is, is he just going to be crazy? Like, are they going to do a matrix sequel where there's like actually no matrix? Like, yes. What, yes. Like, like I, they sell that really well too in, in that first 45 minutes, I think. Yes. I was very interested to see what they did because I, like, I, uh, my philosophy on all Mm -hmm. sequels is like like everything that happens before a sequel is canon in that film nothing that happens after a sequel is actually canon when you're watching it we are going to talk about that so much when we're doing star wars (laughs) yes so like like when i am watching the first matrix film when i'm watching the 1990 film 1999 film the matrix I do not have any thoughts in my mind about like, oh, and then in two and three, they do this. Like, that's kind of where there's yeah. stuff up here. It's like, no, they they, they reverse engineer that. You know, they say yeah, like, we, yeah, we, yeah. we have this moment in the first film where this, what are the implications of that? Let's expound upon that in a way that makes sense. You yeah. know? So like, I was like, I was like, nothing, nothing the film can do. Like if they make this film a framing device for the first three films, Mm-hmm. and say like you know oh nothing that happened in the first three films i mean they do this in the second one yeah, right yeah, like, yeah, like the whole yeah. the whole first film is like Which, just like superman jesus mm-hmm. like you know uh hero's journey blah 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 and then in the second one they're like oh by the way uh that's like a trap that we had planned actually we yeah. had that planned but actually first, mm-hmm 
Yeah, and the so, first Matrix that was actually, um, you know, propaganda. Like, right. yeah, for the machine. And so when yep. I watch the second Matrix film, I'm like, ah, yes, I'm watching a movie in which the first Matrix film is actually a, a, a secret diabolical plan. And when I watch the first Matrix movie, I think, ah, what an awesome Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what a what yeah. a movie about like breaking the bonds or like breaking the chains of like everyday life around you and like going after your true self that is not in any way cynical about that because the first matrix mm-hmm. was very not cynical about that. That yeah. is a, that is a very good, very thoughtful twist that they add in the second film, but the first one is not concerned with that. No, um, no, no. So I was like, look, if I go back and I watch the first movie, I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is bullshit. Like, like that you know that like in the fourth movie they decide that like this actually means this blah 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 because this changed the way i watched the first movie because the first movie is the first movie and it's been the first movie for the last 23 years so i was watching it and i was like yo like they might fucking tell me like they might do a whole thing where they do the first matrix movie again and it's that like, no, 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 none of that should happen. That's all a video game that you made, but you made it because you could like sense the disturbance. Yeah. You know, or like we were feeding it to you. Like we we needed like you needed to put it together for yourself. Mm-hmm. You needed to process it all for yourself. But we were like giving you the signs. And like I was I was ready for them to do that. I didn't think they were. I really was like, I think, though, that it's going to be. Like, you know, how capitalism co-ops all revolution, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It that's just what it does. It's just like it 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 eats up all revolutionary everything and spits it back out. I was like, I was like, no, this is a, this is probably gonna be a film about how they somehow got Neo back in the Matrix and we're gonna figure out how. They're gonna tell us how they did it. And in order to subvert and subjugate and like undo everything he did they let it out in the form of media. Yeah. Yeah. And Which so is, I was pretty convinced that's what they were going to do. But if they weren't going to do that, I was, would not have been surprised. Yeah. My, my thought too, but the movie pulls a really cool trick, which is as you, an audience are thinking, because you have that cold open, you have the, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, this is very clearly like, this is happening in the matrix. This is about two characters we've never met before that are in the matrix. And then it's Thomas Anderson all that stuff, go ask Alice. And all throughout that, you're like, okay, well, this is getting more and more ridiculous. This is, you know, you got the blue pills, you got the all, and it's like, ah, this seems unlikely. Wait, is his boss Agent Smith? Wait, like, no, no, no. And then that all climaxes to Morpheus comes back, he sees him in the bathroom, and then the gunfight breaks out. Agent Smith gets freed, yells Mr. Anderson at him. And then after all that, he wakes back up in the analyst's office and it and for a moment, just like the character, you have a a, a bit of doubt. You're like, wait, fuck. Wait, but if this was a movie about how he's, you know, kind of going crazy. Wait, wait, wait. And then, you know, yeah, it's good, though. It's good. And then you convince yourself again. It's really cool. Well, on the same journey that Neo goes on. A hundred percent. Let's talk yeah. about the Don't Ask Alice sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's so good. So Largely good. what was what um they based the trailer around, which was incredible. One of the yeah. best trailers I've seen. Oh, trailer's so good. 
day played it for like a year leading up to it and i saw it every time at amc and Mm -hmm. every time i was so stoked and for like three or four months i would just like say with with groff every time just like going back to where it all started matrix and the matrix yeah yeah. but because you're talking about like we as the audience are kind of experiencing this with him but also we like kind of know some stuff he doesn't and I think it really, really nails, like, it really nails the um, just sort of bleakness of, of like, this scenario. Yeah. Because, okay, first of all, like, it's crazy because Neo is the character we are identifying with because he's the protagonist. Yes? Mm-hmm. We also are... I'm kind of identifying with the people around him because they're all saying like, because these are all people who have consumed yes. the original Matrix. Fans trilogy. of the Matrix, much yes. like us. Yeah. Yes. And like they all have their own ideas of what it's about. And like there are all of these signifiers in there. Like, for example, he eats the steak. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the this, yeah. In a way that Neo doesn't know and in a way that the people don't know. We understand, like, oh, that's a signifier. That's showing yeah. us, the, like, yep. that is that is like Lana. But you wouldn't know that if you hadn't seen the Matrix. So it's just constantly playing with all of this stuff and what any of it means, because they're literally talking about, like, well, what did the Matrix mean? And everybody's kind of almost right, but very yeah. much getting it wrong. And so it's like you're identifying with them because you're like, yes, I've I've seen the Matrix. Like, I know what this stuff means. And you're mm-hmm. identifying with Neo because you're like, no, but that's not what the Matrix is about, you guys. Like, yeah, OK, one of them says trans politics is like kind of and like one of them says like power like, and like simulation. Crypto fascism. And yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of. But you're all missing the point. And like and, and, and it is just this like whirlwind, like of contradictory like signifiers and meaning and like positions and like allegiances to the people on screen that it does just make you feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels, I think to me, like the most clear metatextual representation of what it must be like to be Lana Wachowski to just like go through. I mean, literally fucking Graf says our parent company, Warner brothers, and you can just imagine the endless meetings of Lana Wachowski just kind of sitting there with her fucking head in her hands while a bunch of yes men around her at the corpo offices tell her what her piece of art is about, you know? Right. Well, and that's the thing too, is like that joke, that joke only gets told. And this Mm -hmm. is just like the genius of this film too, because like literally like it, it goes with the whole, like, like corporations co-opting and regurgitating like revolutionary material is that joke only gets told because Warner brothers lets her tell it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where like, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, but like, you know, guys like Warner brothers owns the matrix. And so like, haha, like we're just having a, like, it's just a little bit of like inside baseball for the fans. You know what I mean? And like, and like some, some of the suits are probably like, oh yeah, like I buy that, I buy that. And mm-hmm. others are just like, are just like, all right, like she's she's having a joke at her expense. Are we are we gonna let her like I'm are gonna we gonna that. let her do this? Just yeah. Like, yeah, just let her let her fucking do it. Like it's, it's it's gonna, if anything, it's gonna make us look cool. It's gonna make us like the, yeah. look like the cool parent who is like allowing her to like 
curse like in front of her friends and is it like you know like mm-hmm. like she says like Lana's gonna say fuck in front of her friends are gonna go like haha good one you kids want some more Cheetos and then they're gonna think we're the cool mom and yeah like, yeah and it works I think it really works though for three reasons really because it's the thing you're saying is that this entire movie is in the way that that um reloaded especially by the end makes you just think hey you know that movie you watched the matrix yeah you ever think about what that kind of means if you really kind of pull it apart a little bit like what that could imply um you know let's disrupt the thing that we already told you this movie is very much metatextually being like hey this movie you're watching right now actually think about it what is it doing to you what what is it saying to you a fan of the matrix a person who has a pre-existing you know pre-existing knowledge of this property and thoughts and feelings about what it should be and what it should mean and then like also like they only say it once they don't like keep harping on the warner brothers joke it would get really cringy if they like kept going which is basically all the meta text in this movie they don't hammer on it too much and then three like lana puts that joke in the mouth of smith who's like the king of like oh yeah i mean he's like a fascist but he's like not you know He's not like one of those fascists. He's, he's right. like, especially, I'm a cool fascist. Yeah, especially in this movie where he is literally like, yeah, what like the cool fascist was like, like hip and a like a gay millennial. Like what you know, like he kind of signifies as like one of us a little bit, right? Like Right. Well, yeah. and that's something that's something we talked about. Um uh last year when we reviewed it. Yeah. Yeah. That I I I really, really liked because like Every person in the quote unquote real world, like every single human is queer coded beyond belief. Yeah. All of those, every single one of those men is just gayer than hell, uh, which is great. I love it. They I love I love I've, I've always loved this about the Matrix, how it's just that thing of like in the real world, we have to wear these rags. We have to wear mm-hmm. like nothing. So whenever we go in the Matrix, we are going to look hard as fuck like we are gonna go so fucking hard with the colored hair sunglasses just like an insane hairstyles and insane like leather outfits and just like just like we're gonna be we're not even gonna dress the nines they're gonna be dressed to the 18s yeah um and it's like and it's like every single one of their like uh one of their um like outfits and vibes and looks is so extremely queer coded not even queer coded it's just queer like they're clearly all queer so like it's not lana wachowski being like gay men are your enemy Mm -hmm. but her using both both jonathan groff and neil patrick harris both like very famously like gay men Mm -hmm. in these positions of power and in these positions of very well put together individuals, like who are like, well, I'm just here to help you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. Like, but when all they're helping you do is get back to work. Yeah. And make money and go back and like put your head down and go back to your stupid like life that makes you actually miserable and actually want to die. It's really good because it's like, it's like just because like, okay, just because white gay men are starting to get the starting to not totally like mm-hmm. like they're like white gay men are still oppressed like in many ways don't mm-hmm. get me wrong but like because like corporate identity politics has run the calculation of like okay but like 
he's a gay man with like nice glasses and a Brooks Brothers sweater. Like yeah. we can let him in the door, right? Like, well, yeah. that will make us like that will actually help us. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Okay, great. Yep. All right, Neil, get in here. Come on, Neil. Like it's so good. Yeah, it's so good, and that's to the point. Especially, and this is the thing I noticed uh, e- even more aesthetically on the second watch of the the fashion thing. Because another thing that this movie is dealing with, um, you know, in terms of its aesthetics, is like the the thing I said before, which is like, okay, well, the internet looks different now. Our relationship to the internet is very, very different than it was in the nineties. But it's also dealing with like, okay, well, the state of you know, of oppressed groups in America is very different. Not to say that the oppression has gone away or subsided, but they just, society has changed and progressed in several in several ways. To the point of like, it's the thing I think, I probably said it on the podcast, we reviewed it last time, of like, I love that there are like, I think that like, if there's going to be an allyship flag, which is not something I think there should be, I think that's very silly. But like, if I'm gonna I have a flag to agree. Uh, yeah, if I you know, I don't need a flag, but if I'm gonna have a flag, I want it to have a cool robot moth on it. Cause like <laughs> cause like that's you know, I think that's very clearly the metaphor there. Is like, yeah, well the thing that Neo changed is that like, well, the sides are kind of different now. It's not just the the small groups of like online people that are being oppressed that are that can only express themselves online. It's they have some real world agency and allyship is a thing now. It's kind of a, a thing across society that we are constantly talking about and dealing with. And like, yeah, the lines between sometimes you have the very corporate approved white gay man who you're going to bring out to to be the new face of oppression. And sometimes you have nice ally machine moth who's you know who has the same goals as you and truly just wants to as a sentient being live in a just society as well you know and it's uh yeah that's good and like to that end like i like that you know in io obviously different city than zion like the clothes are still kind of shitty and kind of brown but they're like nicer and like they're eating better and like their hair isn't as cool as it is in the matrix, but like, you know, bugs still basically has the same haircut, you know, it's just yeah. not as cool and poofy and blue, you know, like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's a little, there's some in the real world space. There's some chance for personal expression. It's just not as extreme as in the matrix. Yes. And yeah. just total complete nerd bit here, but I love that the yeah. city's called IO. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because, 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 do you know the name of the first machine city in the Matrix? In like the Matrix history? Yes. I I haven't seen the Animatrix, so no, which is something the, I really gotta fix. Yeah. It's just the first, the first machine city is zero one. Oh. Because they're they yeah. do, they do binary. Yeah, of course. And so it's like the fact that the humans created IO, it's like it's it's the it's the exact inverse, but it's the exact same thing. It's like yeah, poetry; yeah. it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you know, it's like it's like the humans are doing the exact opposite thing, and in doing the exact opposite thing, they're doing the exact same thing. Because that's what the Matrix is about. And it's like, and it's just like you would never know that unless you are an insufferable nerd like myself. Yeah. However. However, you want to put that in there just to make you happy. Like that's the exactly. thing. Exactly. It's like okay, because gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. This movie, I my opinion, especially now a year later rewatching it, 
And I think in the grand sweep of history, is this film going to be well-remembered? Yeah. I think that new Matrix, like I think if you're 12 years old now and you watch, you're like, there are four Matrix movies and you watch all of them. I think you're going to be like, holy shit, the fourth Matrix movie is like really special. And it's it's different and it's on its own kind of vibe, but it's like, it's special. I think that it's probably going to be more well-remembered, but this movie, biggest bomb of any of the movies we're covering. Yes. I mean, we're really only two, this and Dr. Sleep. But this movie is a giant fucking bomb at the box office. Critical appraisal, very mixed. Every person saying to me, which is, I, I agree. I agree. Look, every person that I've spoken to in real life other than you about this movie, I will, I go to the bat, Matt Hard, be like, yeah, Matrix Resurrection is really fun. Like, at the very least, can we agree? Can we come to agree on this one thing that this movie, even if it wasn't quite your flavor, can we at least agree on the fact that it's like super interesting and ambitious and people like just do not want to hear it. They're like, the, the Matrix fans that I talk to are not on this movie's vibe and that's kind of insane to me exactly exactly it's like we talked about this last year but like i don't understand i don't understand how after two matrix sequels and again a lot of people don't like those movies yeah i just i don't understand how the first one is now the outlier yeah yeah like even in the original trilogy the first one is the outlier but like everybody everybody's like well it's not like a matrix movie it's like it's the most matrix movie it's it's like the only way the matrix could go is to be yeah and like and i i'm on the record saying i i think the second you know the second and third matrix the second and third matrices are super interesting and oftentimes very watchable i don't like them as much as you do i think they're pretty weird and imperfect and not as compelling in terms of them being action movies as the first one or even this one is yes. um but like i don't like god they're so like these movies are all so much fucking themselves like they are so much an expression of the wachowski sisters in a really pure way like they're they're really odd aesthetic artifacts and partially for that reason they like really you know they are all are all of a piece in their differentness yeah i just don't know what people are expecting is yeah, my thing. It's, a, it's it's like okay, you saw the first one, great, yeah. and then you see the second one, and it is radically different. And I will give yeah. you that. I will give you that. And if you're like, no, I wanted the first one again, I, I think that's a dumb complaint, but yeah. I get it. Yeah. And then the third one, they're like, that one was even worse. And it's just like, well, what were you expecting? I wanted the first one again. Why? Like, yeah. you know what we're getting at this point. And then for the people that have the gall to go to the fourth film, it's like. Doesn't feel like a Matrix movie. It's like there are four Matrix movies, and three of them are just like this. Yeah, like there yeah. is one Matrix movie that is not identical to this, and it yeah. is the first one. And even still, it's got a lot of this in there. You just kind of need to know where to look. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this one is different because it's, it's the action is less central. It is. It certainly like does not have that early Wachowski, um, you know previs and uh um fucking like storyboarded to hell thing going on which is fine i think it's a just a different kind of action movie for that reason like i fucking love the action in the first matrix and i love how you know specific and well-tuned it is and this movie is not that that does not mean that i think it's bad it's clearly trying to be something different i mean it's Lana wachowski said she directed this in a different way than she directed the first three movies you know yes 
I mean, and it's also only one half of the directing duo that directed the first three movies. So like, of course, it's, be, be different. it's a different artist working in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a take on the action that I texted you about. And I was like, yes. I, I don't know how hot of a take this is. I'm, yeah, I'm interested. Um, but my my take on this, because I was watching this and I was like, no, the action largely works, but it is very different. The yeah. first one, which is so tightly choreographed and tightly shot and tightly like whatever, and is very clearly a showcase for stunts. It is very clearly a showcase for actors and like people who can do these physical feats. I was like, I was like, why is this so different, but it still works? I'm like, because these are dance numbers. Like these are music videos. Like the, yeah, the action sequences in in this are they're all very tightly underscored, and it's like and it's like it's not really about feats of physicality as much as like the music swells and they go about expressing themselves physically for as long as it takes to kind of get to the next emotional beat and for them to mm-hmm. uh, like kind of. You know, it, it's every time they get like so angry or so upset or so like so so desperate that they start fighting. The music swells and they they really uh, like they they go for you know it, it is really tightly choreographed with the score and it, and it tells a story and there's a rise and a fall and an ebb and a flow to these things that then climaxes after they have like emotionally released everything they've needed to release. And then it's over. And I think that especially about the Smith fight, I think that especially yeah. about the final sequence. And that's my take yeah. on the action. That's my no, take I on agree. why the action works. I, I, I think that's basically true, especially given that, in the, you know, in, in the world of this, like the plot, the diegesis of this film said it several times before. This is not the same matrix. Things do not express themselves in the same way. I have talked at length about how everything just looks like apps. And on top of that, you have the scene where fucking, you know, the analyst says, yeah, my matrix, it's all about feelings, baby. The ma- Another thing I cackle at is that the, the analyst in my brain, I went, he basically just said to the architect, yeah, my feelings don't care about your facts, bro. A hundred percent. So fucking good. But like, yeah, it's, it's no, I think that's exactly it is that these fight scenes are not. You can kind of see because everything is so rhythmic in those first three films, you can you can nearly see the code. You can see how like, yeah, this is these fights are basically just expressions of math. And in this movie, it's not. It's these are expressions of people feeling big emotions. Right. And like that's kind of the where the the idea of the first film is like you know, the world is quite literally simulation recreating itself. Like the world is like these rules that were decided by people who aren't you. And once you can see the code of it, you can exploit it and you can take it over and you can hack it and you can hijack it. And like once you once exactly, exactly. It is very much that. Whereas this is like, guys, I don't know. I am like nearing 50 and I am, you know, I'm nearing 50 and I have seen the code of the world and I know that everything is bad and I'm just, I have so many feelings and nothing I can do and I just, I just want to care about the people I care about. Yeah. And like, can we just do that, please? Which and is, I, I love. Think... Sorry, go, oh, go ahead. No, well, I, it's the thing I texted you too when you said I have a hot take about the action. And I think it's appropriate here that like, I like that Neo's one move is just like, this is coming for me. Like just, no, I'm done. I'm done. 
this. Like I'm done. Which yes. one works really well in the context of this movie because like if we're going with the fact that like all the fights that Neo gets into are just expressions of his will to get to Trinity, that like his one move is just like, get out of my way. I'm trying to see my girlfriend. Like that I'm not dealing with your bullshit. And also yes. that's like it's it it is kind of if we're taking the online metaphor of it too, his one move is just like I'm not feeding the trolls today. I'm not yeah, I'm not dealing with this. Like we're you know he's literally he's literally saying, I'm gonna go touch grass. Like his yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, it's 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 Mr. Agent Smith. It's the fucking what is it, the like the water buffalo comic? Is that what it is? What's the fucking the old Twitter thing? This one like, I don't know. Oh, it's it's this comic where it's like the whole thing is it's like this dude's getting followed around by it's like a buff it's like some large mammal. I don't remember exactly if it's like a cow or a buffalo or whatever. But like and the buffalo is just being like, ah, yes, you should, you know, like the guy says some opinion about something and he's just like, ah, interesting. Would you like to debate me about that? He's like, where did you come from? You're not even a person. And then like it's every panel of the comic is just this like guy living his life and this animal keeps popping up and being like, interesting. Would you like to debate me about your first point? It's like, this is not, you're on my, in my house. What are you doing? And like, that's the whole metaphor is it's like, yeah, that's what being online is, is you can just say an opinion to a friend of yours. And suddenly some other person that is just behind a screen is now intruding into your vibe and being like, I deserve to be, argued with like why you know it is it is my birthright for you to argue with me on the internet and if you give that person an ounce they will just take it and run it's just what the fight with smith is smith just being like hey tom come on we've got this pre-existing thing going on we gotta make our fight is important and him just being like no no you i you have nothing to do with what i'm doing right now agent smith come on just trying to see my girlfriend you know yes yes and and it's great. And I really like one thing, too. And this is something that like I really around the Agent Smith fight. I like yeah. I, I came to really feel this way as well, is that like this movie looks weirdly good on a TV. It does. Like, yeah. I think I think it is one of those. Un, I don't know if I would say unfortunate, um, but just one of those things of like Lana Wachowski has always been extremely interested in digital filmmaking. Yeah. And I think all of her films show that and do that, especially like, especially some of her later career stuff like Speed Racer. Like obviously Speed Racer is absolutely just pedal to the metal, no pun intended, of just like how much, how much can we fuck with this? Like uh, in a computer, like how much can we do? Just yeah. period. How yeah. much can we do? And I think it's one of those things where it's like I was watching this in the cinema and I was kind of like, you know, I was expecting, okay, it's a Matrix film. It's going to be shot on film. It's going to be very immaculately storyboarded, like blah, 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 blah. And I kind of, my first viewing, I was like a little disappointed in it visually, but I was watching it last night and I'm like, you know, like this thing is so tuned to be on a fucking monitor, like to be yeah. like, I was watching it on my couch on a 55 inch fucking HD TV, but you know, I was watching it. I'm like, I'm like, this looks great. Like, why did I not think that this looked good? Yeah. When I saw it in the theater and I was just like, Oh, because like it was probably edited on a giant screen in a dark room. And now that I am watching it, like on a screen that is like, made to show digital images i'm like this thing looks great like it yeah. does look really really good 
I agree. Wait, then I, I did not give a credit for it the first time I saw it. Yep. At the same thing, I got the I got the Blu-ray, and that uh, that shit looked very nice. Looked very very nice. Some especially the last like third of this movie during the action scenes. There are some of the tableaus that she sets up are just like oh so pretty, like so cool to look at. Um. All right. What else? I like Merv. We got to before we move on from the Smith fight. Got to mention Merv. Yes. Love Merv. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. He comes back. I'm not mad about it. It's kind of it's it's one of the moments that I'm just kind of like okay whatever. It's the middle act. It's dragging. Let's it, go. like that's yeah. Yeah, the middle 20 minutes are the least interesting part of the movie, but it is like, yeah, if you're going to have somebody there, might as well be the Merovingian. So, like, weird Beardo Merovingian and his, like, squad of... I'll be honest, I don't really know what their, like, aesthetic is supposed to be. They're, like, like homeless circus performers. They got a lot... There's a lot of color and, like, rags going on. I, I don't really get it, but... It looks cool. It's good. And it's yeah, just kind of yeah. trash ninja. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we need... I mean, really, it's like, okay, well, Neo's got to fight, you know, Neo's got to fight Smith alone. We got to get the other people, like, out of the way. Um, oh, the one dude says, you know, the whole conversation about, like, ah, I don't know, but the beard and the long hair, that's a pretty good look. I, you know, and, you know, I'm like, you know, I agree. It I is. Agree. I mean, okay, both... Uh, both uh, Keanu and Carrie Ann look great. They look great. Oh, yeah. They look great in this movie. They look real good. It's, I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> watch this movie. And it's one of those movies where a dude has long hair. Weirdly, this movie and like two weeks ago when I rewatched the Snyder Cut, which was an interesting experience, but like Momoa and that movie too, or like this and that, or like two movies where I'm like, damn, I am never cutting my hair. Like it, it like, oh man, gotta keep it long. What a great look. Um, what else? Okay, so Neo makes it back to Trinity. Correct. The the bullet, the analyst's use of the bullet time thing is another element that like is a little weird and messy and kind of hand waved away. But on second watch, I'm like, I don't care. It looks cool. It's a, it. Yeah, it works. You got to think about it a little much, but like I, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Also, and yeah. I, no, sorry, I don't know. Mom. It no, it, it it. It does work for me. It's very exposition -y because obviously, like, of course it is. Yeah. But that like, whole scene. Yeah. Something about it. Um, like, I don't really know what it is about it other than just like, I mean, the vibe is correct, right? Like, like I like correct. that he is there and he's like fucking with it. Um, and he is like, I don't know, just like that, that the smugness is there in a way that like, I do think is a nice update kind of like we were talking about before of like um like well now they let they let like the the nice rich like palatable gay man in it's like whereas the first one it's like no the system is fbi agents in this one it's like the system being the person who like is like oh like actually like let me tell you how it really is sister like by the way, like I just the vibe is correct, and pa Neil Patrick Harris plays it really well. Yeah, and the smugness of it really works for me. But yeah, this this part of the movie is when it does indeed drag for me. I, I will say props to Lana that 
<laughs> she went from, okay, well, what if all the exposition is just one guy sits in a chair and tells you everything to, what if all the exposition is one guy, I don't know, I guess he could, like, walk around the room a little bit. Like, yeah, he can, like, pop up different places yeah, throughout yeah, the story. I, there's a bullet in the air. That's pretty tense. Like, you know, that's something. It, it is a lot better than the scene in Revolutions. Um, well, and it's something, uh, too, that, like, he goes on to explain where it's just, like, it's just, like, you know, the longing is what yeah. really is important. So it's like, it's like we kind of have to constantly let you almost get there. But yeah. now that you're figuring it out, like we're going to let you get all the way there. But like we've turned your tools against you. Like we've we've taken like bullet time. Like that's ours now. Yeah. Like I like bullet, that. That's ours now. The other thing I was thinking this time and it's less spelled out, but like the bullet time and like. And it is it's a little kind of messy. Uh, it, it, it's kind of messy exposition. But like in that scene, you know, Patrick Harris says, oh, yeah, and the swarm mode thing. That's pretty cool. When you're like swarm mode. And then later he does it. And you're like, oh, OK, you know, well, and they do yeah, it earlier on the train and they say yeah. they say it's a swarm. But like the amount of people, they are on a very small train as opposed to in the middle of downtown. So like, yeah, you see it. But you don't see the full extent of it. Yeah, the, like what it actually, it, well, because I mean, metatextually, it's again, it's another update of what the internet is. And it's it's a lot of talking about like, yeah, so some of the shitheads that you see online, some of them are like real people that are just kind of evil, like they're actually sentient beings. But like most of them are just fucking bots. Like and and like the fact that you basically can't tell the difference until they're right up on you is like, well, you know, that's a that thing. That I I entirely agree with. But also, too, like, well, when push comes to shove, if we just like keep putting this shit out there, like, yeah, like half of our uncles are QAnoners now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. It's like, it's yep. like you, you keep putting this shit out there and like the normal fucking people that you just kind of know, like, end up being like the crazy ones out there. It's the like the they get scene, hijacked. Yeah, that like I really caught this time. I think it's very specific that the one guy you see get turned into a bot is like sleeping next to an actual actually sentient woman. And it's like a hey girls, make sure your boyfriend's not a secret white racist. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things. And like that, and also it's the thing I was thinking about this time was like, okay, well, the two tools that the analyst stole is like i do bullet time now and also he does smith's whole thing he does smith's whole like what if everyone you saw was just one of me thing you know yes and it's like yeah i think that's pretty fun too that's cool yeah smith smith bopping out of that guy's body at the end is like really funny that made me laugh this time yes too. yeah um so here's a question and I just I just was wondering, uh, there's not really an answer, but in this scene, Neil Patrick Harris says, like, that's all humans ever want is desire mm -hmm. and fear. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, is that just a coincidence or do you think that's a Kubrick reference? I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could be either. It doesn't really I matter. Mean, I've never but, seen Fear and Desire, so I can't. But that's like a I don't know. I mean, I guess the Matrix is noir inspired in some ways. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, it makes sense, though. It's it's the. Again, in terms of the meta text of like, this is not only what the internet now is, but like, this is what society feels like. Is that it's like, well, in the first Matrix, it's just the mundanity of it all. It's like, yeah, life is what it is. And now, like, because everything, there is so much passion in everything. Right. It's like everything that, is supercharged. That everything is so supercharged in society and politics in on the internet, particularly. I think that that is largely attributed to the internet. That like none of it feels important. 
Like, like you can derive a lot, you know, the, the fascists, the fucking, the people in charge, you can squeeze a lot of juice out of the general population by just keeping them afraid and pissed off and, but also hopeful and charged up and, and, you know, that's the kind of the dual sides of it. It it feels like binary American politics in a lot of ways where it's like, okay, well, yeah, the one side is clearly evil and I am very much afraid of what they might do, but the people who are in power that are supposedly on our side their whole move is like yes but what if there was hope like what yes but like ah nevertheless she persisted right guys like we can no we can do it right you know and like there is something in that when you put it on the internet that feels also a little hollow because it's like well god if i'm just passionate about everything all the time None of it feels real. Like it all, you know, you kind of lose the forest for the trees in modern society that way a lot of times. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Ugh. It's really good. This 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 film is. It's really good. It's like it, it's cool that like Lana's like still thinking and still like updating her views and her own relationship to the stuff that she did. Yeah. You know? Like that, this thing, I think the thing I like about it the most is it, it really, and it's something that's really important to the themes of the matrix, which is like, despite the fact that this is a like multi, like $150 million product released by the Warner brothers corporation, it does really feel like the work of some artists of like some people who have thoughts about things who wanted to make a piece of art and like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. There's still a lot left in this movie. There is so much left in this movie. There's the whole fucking final yeah, to be out bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they go back to IO. They find out. One thing I do want to say though is I I think this every time I see this shot in particular, when the analyst is explaining everything to Neo, mm. and we see them in the pods and we see the machines and the pods, and like the fact that this was snubbed for best visual effects. The nomination, Stupid. let alone the win, is a um, absolute, like, absolute abomination yeah, uh, on the part of the Academy. Um, because I, I looked it up while I was watching it, because two of the films that were nominated were uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Shang-Chi. And, like, whatever. Like, I do yeah. think, like, I do have my problems with a lot of Marvel's... Um, a lot of Marvel's uh, visual effects work, but like give them one of them. I don't care. I think both of those films have some good stuff in them and both of them have some like kind of like unforgivable stuff in them, like all Marvel yeah. movies do. Yeah. Um, Dune won, I believe. Yeah. Um, Which and is I'm good. pulling it up right now. <laughs> that one's good. I'm glad yes. that Dune won. Yeah. That's, like, that's if, cool. If this would have been nominated and Dune would have won, I would have been like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's um, but yeah, it's the two Marvels and Dune. And I'm trying to pull up the other one right now. And the other one is. Uh, Why is it so. Is it Godzilla v. Kong? Um, I bet that's my guess is it's Godzilla. No, this is this is the one that made me so mad. What is it? It's free guy. Oh, fuck that. That's stupid. Right. I saw free guy. It does not look that good. It looks kind of looks kind of ucky that free guy. Yeah, I did not watch it, but I they should have. um, um, No, wait, 
Oh yeah, so Dune won. And then the fifth one is No Time to Die, which I think is a good nomination. Um, But yeah, like between Shang-Chi, Spider-Man and Free Guy, like knock any of those three out. Yeah. Put this in there and then maybe give this movie the Oscar. Like actually maybe give this movie the Oscar. Just just because it deserves it. Yeah. 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 So they they get back to IO and they basically, they basically say, all right, guys, we have to do the last act of a Matrix movie. That's kind of what they do. Truly is. They go on a dime from like, <laughs> Niobe's like, I swear to God, I'm going to have to wait. What? Oh, you're telling me we're going to have to. All right, everyone. Who's coming? Who's going to break around? Let's go. <laughs> they do it. And like, yeah. is it silly and sweaty? Absolutely. But like, does the scene where, you know, Bugs is like, she's like, I would never assign you to do this. Like, you betrayed my trucks. Is Bugs is like, and Bugs is like, that's good because I'm volunteering. You don't have to assign me. And then she's like, okay, well, I need like at least two more people. And then everybody in the line steps forward and you just go. It is you know, such a good bit. Good. I do, I do love the, the whole like, um, you are the one captain. I'm like you said, like I'm I'm ordering to go. It's like, well, now you don't even have to do that because yeah. I'm volunteering. It's like I volunteer. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very good. Um, the return of Sati is like almost too much, but like I'm just kind of like, whatever. Like I'll, I'm gonna let you have it. Like the return of Sati. I think that that's a really cool thing. I actually really like that. I I don't I don't dislike it. It's just, it's just there's there's so much in this movie. There are so many uh, yeah, things in this movie. Yeah. That I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, I love that they do the callback because her and her dad are such a big part of two and three. Yes, just like yes. Philosophically. So yes. it's cool that they call it back. It is just that thing of like, I don't know that anything changes really, really like thematically or storytelling wise. If you just make, oh yeah. Cause like, you know, they need, they need a uh, Kojaku, I believe is the name of the cool the cool uh alien bird or a uh, cool robot bird that mm-hmm. takes him around i'm just like i'm like so maybe it can fly so maybe i guess i guess maybe it did burn her her clearance she can't yeah. get back into them yes maybe it can't get in that was the whole thing anymore point so yeah. but it's like you know like i don't know how much narratively you get out of like and then it's sati comes back and because sati comes back then they can get neo in it's like they could probably just be like, oh, yeah, we found a way in and we're going to go and jack into the Matrix because like that's what we could do in a Matrix movie. I think it's good because one, I think it's clean because I think you just do that plot and you kind of need a person in the chair. You need that. Hey, to reference uh, one of the movies that did get nominated for visual effects at, at the Oscars, uh, Spider-Man from Far From Home, need someone in the chair to kind of be, you know, doing it and like. You need a central actor, I think, for that scene, because I as much as a lot of that breakout scene is kind of rushed and weird, I think the fact that she chooses to do it Ocean's Eleven style kind of makes up for that. It just keeps things moving. Yeah. Um, and then also, I like that, like, Priyanka Chopra is an identifiable enough actor that in the Go Ask Alice montage, when, like, Neo walks by her and you're like, is that Priyanka Chopra? Like... Like that matches what Neo would be going through. Where you're like, I recognize that. Wait, do I re- did I recognize that person? Is that somebody I know? 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, the first, like, like, we're still moving, you know, like the, I, I don't disagree. The first time I saw it because of the glasses she's wearing, I'm like, is that the mm. new Oracle? Because she's wearing like she's uh, working in the bookshop and she's yeah. wearing like the big old timey glasses. Yeah. And like she is obviously a younger actor, obviously. Mm. But like um, she is styled very kind of like old timey. I'm like, oh, is this their updated Oracle? But no, it's Satie, which is. Kind of. So she kind of is because kind of is third one. They're in the way that we we have an updated architect and we have an updated Agent Smith and we have an updated Morpheus. It's yeah, yeah, close enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Priyanka Chopra looks cute in those glasses, though. That's another thing I thought. I agree. agree. She looks real cute in those glasses. Um, yeah, but I like it. I think it's a good choice. Um, they they get in the Matrix. They go. They find the architect or the the analyst, and Mm -hmm. they're just like. All right, we're gonna do this test, and he's just like, and it's just like, uh, you know, you can trust us because uh, if you don't, like, we're gonna kill Neo, mm-hmm. and he's just like, and he's just like, and if, and like, how do I know that, like, you know, how do I know that you're not gonna like betray me? And mm-hmm. they all just walk in, and they're like, because you've got all your guys here, and if uh, if we betray you, you can just murder all of us. Yep. And uh, it's, oh, it's this scene is so good. Pretty good. It's it made me like single fat tear down the and a thing that I, I do frequently, a thing that we talk about a lot when we're in something sad as a movie. I just go, oh, that's so sad. You know, yeah, is the it's the it's not even so much that because it's the thing I talked about before, the performance between these two actors that are just like very few words, a lot of gazes and just like you know intense meaningful stares and it's not even that she says no it's that you get the shot of Keanu's face and he says I understand and he means it yes and he and it's like oh it is heart-wrenching it's so much yeah and and carry on line too of just like like why did this story feel like a memory Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's just like because it is and it, it's so devastating to just yeah. have the two of them there and just that thing of like i don't know why we're here again and i don't know why like things aren't right and i don't know how we're gonna make them right but it's like i am pretty certain that like if we blow up our lives to be together i think it's gonna be okay but i can't promise that because i have no plan. it's just it's so yeah. devastating it's so good yeah they sell the crap out of it and you understand why she starts to go. Yeah. Yep. Cause her kids and her husband are there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it also the metaphor of this, like in a, it, because in some ways this is still the reality that Trinity is experiencing is that like, okay, part of this is also just like, what if you met a person that you feel like you have some kind of incredible, like psychic connection to, and you're like, you feel unfulfilled in your current marriage and you feel like you're going to leave your husband for them. You know, like it's also operating on that metaphor. Yes. And it's good. And it's good. Cause like, you know, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Hey, Chad Stileski, cool guy. He directed uh, three fucking John Wick movies and that rules. Um, Keanu Reeves, a more attractive man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> An absolute cool hottie. Like, you know, um, yeah, it's really devastating. The fucking, and like, and just like the analyst's assuredness, it is the thing you were talking about before that just Neil Patrick Harris plays cocksure 
better than any actor maybe in the industry you know yes like well, and it's i mean it's 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 casting chad Stileski. it's casting um it's casting neo's like avatar mm-hmm. as uh carrie and moss's real life husband yeah um and it's casting neil patrick harris who is like the ultimate like literally like the ultimate like you are missing the point by idolizing him mm-hmm. actor uh from fucking Barney Stinson. Yeah. Which I've always contended um that like I think one of the reasons Barney Stinson works is because Neil Patrick Harris himself is gay. So he is always he is always playing that character mm-hmm. from a bit of a distance and a bit of like a performative thing and like yep. i think he's doing that very consciously i'm not like haha a gay man could never properly yeah, play yeah, like yeah, a yeah. gross but he never tries to find the like what's the psychological truth between trying to like gaslight women into like yeah, sleeping yeah. with me for comedy it's always like he is always playing it as a bit of um like no this person is insane and i'm not going to try to empathize with it i'm just going to try to be like performatively very funny yeah and yep. i think i think that's part of like the success to that show um and it's like it's like you know casting him as like that cocksureness of being like it is the ultimate like like you know does any of this mean anything like like yeah. you as the audience know who Barney Stinson is like you yeah. know who New Patrick Harris is like yep. you might not know who Chad Selesky is but when you find out does that change the way you view it is yep. it supposed to I don't yep. know I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it's like, it, 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 on one hand, it absolutely has to. There's no way that it can't. And on the other hand, it's just like maybe we just cast our friend Chad. Maybe. Who's to say? Maybe. Maybe Neil Patrick Harris just had a really good read. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. And that's. It's a, the meta text of this being a sequel, a like a sequel to The Matrix, is so ingrained in in what it is about, which is one of the reasons it's so successful. Yes, correct. Two things there. One, I. I think I, if I had it, because this is one of my big takes coming out of it the first time that I thought was kind of funny. I'm probably, I probably said it the last time we talked about this movie, which is that like, I think this is the best like metatextual casting of Neil Patrick Harris since the second Harold and Kumar movie. I have not seen the Harold. I've seen the first one like years ago. So the whole, and it's like those, I, you know, whatever. I'm not like some huge fan of those movies. I have not seen them in years, but it's a joke I always think about from the fucking second Harold and Kumar movie. It's a dumb fucking joke. But it's like, because the whole first Harold and Kumar movie, it's right after How I Met Your Mother had started. And so, and that's actually, weirdly, this is now another level of metatextual interesting, given that, um, Oh, Cal Penn is 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 a gay man. He's out. Yes, um, yes. I like, just yeah, saw which, that like a yeah. week ago. And I was yep. like, is this is this news or did I just miss it? I think it was like maybe a little less than a year ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like because the whole first Hale and Kumar movie, Neil Patrick Harris is like this is this side character. And it's right after How I Met Your Mother had gotten big. So they cast him as himself. And he's basically there playing Barney Stinson. The whole joke is that, like, well, we all know who Neil Patrick Harris is. He's this, like, crazy partying woman that wears a suit, right? And, like, the second one comes out, like, a year after Neil Patrick Harris very publicly comes out, says, this is my husband, I am married to him. And the whole, they seal that Neil Patrick Harris again, playing Neil Patrick Harris, playing himself. And he's, like, like with two, like, books and babes. And... <laughs> And, and they're like, what, Neil? I, 
hey man, we heard about you. I, I thought you were gay. And he just goes, oh yeah, gay for that pussy. And then it's never, <laughs> and then it's just like never brought up again. Neil Patrick Harris's like actual real life persona. And it's like, and watching this movie is like, wow, it's weird that the Matrix sequel is playing with Neil Patrick Harris's real life persona as much as fucking the dumb Harold and Kumar joke. But like, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's great. That scene's so good. It's so packed with meeting. Freaking Bugs is great in it. Jessica Henwick got a shout her out. She's fantastic. Yes. Um, another element that's a little sweaty is the whole like, okay, so we got a jack. We we bit Trinity's body out, but then we got to jack her mind into bugs, and then we can take her out of the pod, and then put her back in her body. It's it it's a little much, but I don't care. It's fine. but it, it works. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's cool. They're fighting and their faces get on each other. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah. it's ah, uh, and just I mean the whole the whole motorcycle sequence. Oh, it is God. great. So cool. And the whole sequence on the fucking rooftop is so magical. Yeah. And amazing and brilliant. Yeah. And just like, I don't know. I like that it is a sequence in which like they establish, okay, it was never just Neo. It was, it always had to be Neo and Trinity. Like, yeah. Like Neo survived more or less because like, it was, you know, like the one has to be around to fall in love. And, um, you know, in that first film and like, you know, and the, and the the one has to fall in love with somebody because if he doesn't, then there's nothing that stops him from wanting to put humanity over like, you know, like he has to make that choice of like yeah. picking someone over everyone. And so like Trinity always had to be there. And so like, it's that nice thing in this where they establish that yet again, like this matrix is built around both of you. Mm-hmm. And so it is nice that like, because she's, and she's not really a damsel, but because she's the one who has to be rescued. Yeah. Once they, once she's like time to go, it is all like, can Trinity get out on yeah. the motorcycle? Like, yep. like, yeah, Neo is like goofing the guys away with his, mm-hmm. with his, with his little force blasts. But it is it is really her chance to shine. Yeah, so good. And it just turns into Carrie's movie there, you know, like it's just such a, a great baton handoff. And like, yeah. And it's also like, it's the thing I was thinking of while you were talking a little bit was like, you know, obviously you have the Agent Smith fight where he's like, hey, binaries, you know, like I only exist because you exist, dark and light, whatever. But there's also like, get ready for it. If there's a one... There's got to be a fucking zero. It's fucking That's binary. True. That's fucking binary right there. That's true. Freaking binary. Um, yeah, but it's cool. And, and also, like, you know, it's a... And, well, and here's... A, you know what'll really bake your noodle? Okay, give it to me. If... If... Uh, if... Neo is the one, and Smith is the the dark version the 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 you know the other one that has to negative exist one, one to exist. Say. yeah sure um or even if he's the zero um regardless when you introduce um when you introduce neo's love interest you are then you then form a trinity, trinity. damn is your noodle baked did that bake your noodle i feel like i just did five bong rips <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. It was freaking good. Um, But yes, the scene where they covered each other on the roof and it's basically like, hey, if we die, at least we're dying together. And because we are actually doing something. And I love to. Oh, I love that their relationship is not a conduit for the world to be saved. You know, no, it isn't. It isn't a thing about like, oh, like we've got to get you out because you're our like our you know, like you're the general, you know, like I'm the yep, one in yep, here, yep. but we need your leadership out there. Like we need to get you out. It's like, it's like, I want you to live because I love you. Yeah. No, it's the it thing can I was, be as simple as that. I, I was thinking about this, especially watching this time, because there is this interesting through line where like Neo is very reactive in this movie. Like as much as the first three, especially the sequels are a lot about Neo kind of, dealing both with the like dramatic weight and also the philosophical weight of like okay well what does being the savior of humanity mean for me as a guy um like this one he comes out of the matrix and he's just like ah fuck i failed and everybody's basically like no actually like it's not perfect but like we're progressing like things are getting better we're working at it and like you did it man like you you know just because saving all of humanity wasn't the thing you thought it was going to be. You didn't make everything perfect. You did it. You did it better than you could have ever thought. And then from then on, he's just like, okay, well, yes, I got to get my girlfriend back. I guess that's my whole like thing. Like, and, and kind of the rest of the movie, it's interesting because Neo's whole thing and none of the characters are really like, fuck, we got to save humanity. We got to defeat the machines. We got to destroy the matrix. It's, we guess we got to help our friend get Trinity back. Like, I, I guess that's the important, I guess love is, is the only thing we have is love, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, that is very much the, I mean, that's the whole fucking, that's the subtext of the first fucking movie. Yeah. That's the subtext of the first trilogy. Yeah. But, uh, it is so good. All right. All right. They get out of the matrix. They kiss. It fades to black. So good. show up at the the analyst and they say, hey, fuck you. We got another chance. And uh, I love she that. that was kids. Kids. Yeah, it's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it's it's an abrupt ending, but like it's I don't even know if it's abrupt. I don't even know if it's abrupt because the the, the climax in the Matrix is so emotionally fulfilling. Yeah. But it's really good. They say, fuck you, Neil Patrick Harris. He gave us another chance. And then they both fly off yeah. to a cover of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. But this time it's ladies doing it. Yeah. Which, Which I, like. What an ethos. What a mission statement. It's, it's, it's as much as this movie is like Lana being like so much of her just being like, yeah, you see what I did there? Come on. Like, check it out. Like the end of this movie is such a big fucking like. Come on, guys. You see what I did there? Like, yeah, come on. Also, the second Wachowski movie that ends with like. Just a boyfriend and a girlfriend flying off into the sky to go save the world together. Weirdly <laughs> enough. It's Wait, what's the Jupiter, other one? Jupiter Sending also ends. It's it's yeah, because you haven't seen that one. Jupiter Sending. No, I, I have. It's just been a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't also, like Eddie Redmayne. And I know you defend his performance you in that movie. You like Eddie Redmayne in that movie? I mean, I don't like Eddie Redmayne in any other movie except for Jupiter yes. Ascending, but I think he's perfect in that. I thing. don't like Eddie Redmayne, period. And I do think it is one of his better roles, but mm. however. 
also ends with like, you know, BFGF superpower fly off into the sky. Hell yeah. His love is going to fix the world. Like it, it, it's good though. Here's the thing. It works really well in that movie. So, Hey, just do it again. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I fucking love this movie. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm going to love it more and more every time I watch it. I yes. After watching it this time, I saw it for the first time in theaters and I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd and I watched it this time and I said, fuck it. And I bumped it up to five. To five. Yeah. Because it's excellent. Um, do you have anything else about this film in particular? Because I have two questions for you. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there's a bunch of tiny details that like if we go down the road, I could go on about forever. But I don't I don't think yes. so specifically. We we briefly we did kind of gloss over most of the stuff at I.O. But um, Niobe is back and is great. And yeah. some of the better, some of the best um, age makeup I have seen on film. She looks so good. She looks very so good. fucking good. And Jada plays it really well. She plays the age. Super, super good. She does it very well. Also, like it is one of those things too, where it's like I don't know, it's like blink and you miss it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty like unimportant. But like knowing Lana Wachowski, um, mm-hmm. uh, Niobe Gay confirmed. Oh yeah, like for sure. Like, for sure. like I guess, like yeah. I don't know, like like they could they, they could be gal pals, they could just be roommates. But um, you know, like uh, the way they the way they that kind of hold each other not... there. Uh, <laughs> I I will say I am a straight man. Um, who lives with a woman and that is not uh, how I interact with my roommate well yes but you're not you're not also a woman that's true that's true I guess that is accurate. but I, I'm just saying like you know it could be it could be it could just be like tender love between friends because like I do think that's a weird thing in our American society that we have like yeah. eradicated uh but like you know but like yeah like I'm like okay they're together like that's her oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's her oh, that's yeah. her wife oh, um yeah. But yeah, Niobe is great in this. Um, I know we mentioned this earlier too, but just like Yaya just is so good. He's stupid good. And then just just has nothing to do for the back half, which is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And it's the Morpheus problem. It really is the Morpheus. Yeah, it's exactly how the... Yep. By Revolutions, there is very little for Morpheus to do. And that is one of my major problems with that movie, I think actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um when uh when they when they say fuck and then they and then the next thing you hear is a beep but it doesn't cover up the fuck I think it's really funny. They're like he's like flying and he's like what happens if it doesn't work? Well then we're fucked. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> I just think yep. I think it's a good bit and yeah. um I think that's everything that I I mean I could talk about this movie for another 3 fucking hours but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, oh, wait, I gotta, I gotta say, that. I gotta say that. Yes, please. Her name's, her name is Bug. She says, "What's up, Doc?" It's great. That's true. That's true. It's, Bugs like the bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bugs like the bunny. I have her little tattoo because I thought great that would tat. be funny. It is. Um, I had a tattoo where she has it exactly, so mm-hmm. I had to make it smaller and put it as close to where she has it as possible. So it isn't perfect, but it is a very good recreation um, of the of the actual image also um, a perfect metatextual thing because much like the white rabbit in the matrix if somebody sees that and recognizes what it is they're your friend and they want to take the red pill probably 100 percent. yeah 100 yeah. percent. if i ever see because like the, the thing people yeah. say about it a lot is like oh i like your rabbit yeah 
And I'm just like, I don't know. People say the weirdest shit about people with tattoos. It's so weird. It's like, oh, I weird. like your thing. And it's like, okay. Um, I started like, getting tattoos six months ago and like it has really increased the number of odd things people say about my body. Let me tell you. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, people are like, oh, I like your rabbit. And if anybody is like, I'm sorry. Is that the bugs tattoo from Matrix Resurrections? I would just be like, um, that depends. Can I buy you a drink? Like, yeah, yeah. Like that depends. What are you doing uh, for the rest of tonight? Um, <laughs> but yes. So I have two questions for you. Yes. One are... is rank your Matrix films for me, and I'll do the same. But do you it's have a ranking? Uh, it's definitely one for. I kind of I think that the ending of three. It really gets me going and sort of understanding what the Wachowskis are trying to do philosophically there, I think is interesting. I think there's a lot more fluff in the middle of Reloaded, but I I find that one to be a bit more watchable overall. So like maybe one, four, two, three. That is fair. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it's definitely one four, but the other two I'm, I'm not as married to. Yeah. I think, I think mine is one four three two, which like I understand why people like Reloaded over Resurrections or I mean, um, Revolutions. It is the same exact thing for me with the Lord of the Rings trilogy is it's just like, look, I get it. I get that the third installment is the sloppiest. I get that the third installment is whatever, but I've seen the first two. And so I know like I, I come in preloaded with all of that weight and seeing all of that pay off. Mm-hmm. And like seeing the, seeing the emotional conclusions of these things really gets me going. And I yeah. really like the third one. And I think a lot of people, I, I get why people like two over, over three. I do think from like minute 35 to minute, a hundred. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll walk that back. Minute thirty five to minute seventy of Reloaded is kind of a huge chore for me. The back half of the Merovingian stuff is a lot of yeah. Eh. Once they get to that first sequence in the foyer, well, where uh, Neo like fights all the guys from there to the end works pretty 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 immaculately. The action is really really nice, but um, I just think three is really good. Anyway. Now, based on our legacy sequel series, what's your ranking? We have um, we're not we're not we're not going to include the Star Warses. No, I mean, like, I guess you can later. I guess we can. But like, I don't know. The Star Warses are their own thing. It's Fury Road first. OK, and then I'm really whether it's this or Blade Runner, I am. It's like I'm super split on. Because I'll say, like, I and maybe it is a as I watch this one, and I, I do think as I watch this one more, and it kind of gels in my mind more, I will love it more and more and more. But like we said, it was watching, I think we both had the experience of watching 2049 this time. And for me, even watching that was like my fourth time watching that movie. It was still, I was just like, fuck yeah, this movie's so fucking good. Like, I just really love this thing. It's so good. Every bit of yeah. it works. Yeah. When I when I rewatched it again this time, I was like, holy shit, this is yeah, like, like, oh my God. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I maybe and I might I might change this, but I think for now. It's Fury Road, 
Blade Runner 2049, Matrix Resurrections, uh, Doctor Sleep, Halloween. Okay. Yeah, I think I think mine's very similar, but also you might kill me. I think for me it's Matrix. I think for me it's Matrix Blade Runner Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. which is not a knock in any way, shape, or form. No, those are like <laughs> I, I will I will say that those top three movies are like, you know, I think Fury Road on my top 25 in Letterboxd is like my third favorite movie of all time. And then the first Matrix is like number nine or something. Yeah. And then, like, Blade Runner 2049 is probably... Yeah, and then Blade Runner, the first one, is, like, also in my top 10. And then, like, these two sequels are just past the top 25. Like, I don't fucking love them, you know? Yeah. 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 So, I think I think for me, it's... And it's such an arbitrary question, but uh, yeah. I, think, I think it is Matrix, Matrix, Blade Runner, Mad Max... <sighs> I'm forgetting one, uh, but Doctor Sleep Halloween. Am I yeah. forgetting one in there? Okay. No. Okay. No. Cool. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. No, if you would have, if you would have asked me before Halloween Kills, not Halloween ends, Halloween Kills, yeah. like a year, yeah. like a year and some change ago. Yep. I would have been like, no, the 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween like fucks so hard. Yeah. And then I like rewatched it for that movie. I'm like, okay, it's a little messier than I thought. It's like it's a little messier than I thought. But then I saw Halloween Kills and I was like, oh, uh oh, are these going to be kind of bad? Like, is this just going to like totally not work? Like, are they just going to yeah. completely like not nail any of this? And then I saw All Halloween right. ends and I was like, OK, I, I retroactively dislike Halloween uh, 2018 a little bit significantly more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween killed and then Halloween ended okay i have a question for you to end this up that's kind of separate yes so i don't think this is something we've ever talked about i feel i feel like i oh, probably gosh, okay, know great. your answer I, I feel like i probably know your answer okay but do we live in a simulation i don't think so <laughs> i saw it in your eyes i saw it all in your eyes i really don't think so and like whatever if we are i mean I guess we, I mean, we kind of got to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't really have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, I really don't think so because I think, I think Elon Musk, uh, is the biggest, dumbest idiot in the world, maybe. And, um, his, his justification for why we live in a simulation is very, very stupid. This is true. I, my response to that question always, and it's something I've heard opinion that I hold pretty close that I've heard other people espouse. It's not my original thought, but that essentially, you know, earlier on in society, the very important people in the world were, you know, kings and the kings basically thought, okay, well, I guess God must just be a bigger me, right? Like God's just like a big guy that sits on a throne in the sky. And now all the really powerful people in the world are tech billionaires And they're all just like, well, I guess God's just a bigger me, right? He's a guy that made a video game and we're all living (laughs) a video game. Like that's, you know, like it just like Elon Musk saying that to me. I think to Elon, he thinks that he's, you know, I mean, he he thinks he's being Rick and Morty, but he's just not. He's just being egotistical. He's like, what if the world was fucking the way that I would make a world if I made a world, you know, like dumb. 
It's yeah. egotistical. Yeah. But uh, uh, The Matrix rules. The Matrix. All the four Matrix. mil. All four films. Rules. I don't like the second two as much as you, but I, I am not one of those people that hates them. And I think they're fucking still super interesting and very watchable. Yes. Uh, and this one I love so much. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hey, we we did it. Uh, we There was a minute there where I thought we were going to have to cut some shit out. But it didn't happen. What do you mean? Because your microphone was off for like a second. And I oh, was so yeah. worried that you weren't going to notice. I was going to be like, no, we got to cut it. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think, I think we got away with it with a, with a, with like two hours almost. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Corey. Minutes. Yeah. Watch, watch Corey text us like two days from now and he's like, this is all unusable. Yeah. <laughs> both, both of your microphones were off the whole time. Yeah, we have to redo it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you all so much for listening. If you are listening with us on our Patreon where this kind of stuff normally goes, thank you so much for supporting us. And if you are listening to this on our main feed, as we are doing, it is our little Christmas gift to fans. Both is just like, you know, like we we want to do more and share more and make more stuff. And also, um, like, like we just like giving you guys stuff. So um if this is something that you have enjoyed, um, you can find a lot more shit like this over um on patreon.com slash hhyns pod. We would love to have your support. Um, and like this stuff is available for like a buck, yeah. I think. Like a buck Hours. is all you need. Yeah. So Hours um, of content. Yeah. So we'd we'd love to have your guys' support over there. And um, this is the end of 2022. This is the last thing we'll be putting out on either feed, which makes sense because the new year is like a week and a half away. But yeah. um we'll be back in January. Uh we haven't pinned down our season yet, but we'll be back end of January, maybe early February, um, mm-hmm. with a new season. And we have our list of the films we're covering. The we need film. to put them in order, but we got the list. Yes, and it's a phenomenal series of films. On or at least my half is. I would assume based on what I know. One or two. I didn't. I, I think this time I didn't even. I didn't pick any that I were like. Oh, these are these are like specifically just to be weird. I think I'm pretty sure that all the ones I want are just like yeah, these are all bangers. Um, but next time on Patreon to ease us kind of, we're leaving, we mentioned it, we're leaving like a sequel land, but we're still kind of staying there a little bit. We're going to be talking the star Wars sequel trilogy to, to tease that slightly. And I'm sure we'll go over this again when we start talking force awakens, Caroline, I think we need to not as heavily, not as much of a bit, but I think we, in some ways we kind of got a phantom podcast. These three, the thing that you were talking about before, we're going to have to take each one of them as though there are no sequels to the first, you know, to them. No, I, I can, I can fuck with that. I mean, like, I think that I, uh, I mean, I love those early, uh, phantom podcast episodes and I think their bit is very funny. Um, I, I don't think we need to actually do not to that that. extent, but, (laughs) but, but I know what you mean. Like, I, yeah. I, I do think it, there will be important context in um, like Force Awakens to be like when they don't follow up on this in the next two, it's bothersome to me. But yeah. like I but I, I generally agree because, I mean, that's part of the reason we're doing all three is because Carson wanted to just do The Last Jedi. And I was like, if we just do The Last Jedi, it's going to de facto become a 
like a tandem episode because yeah. you can't talk Last Jedi without talking Force Awakens. And we can't talk both of them in one episode. So we have to do two different episodes. But well, fuck, if we're doing both of those, we have to do the Rise of Skywalker. Talk about Rise of Skywalker, I guess. Yeah, especially given the last time we talked about Force Awakens at one point, I'm pretty sure you got mad at me and said, okay, well, yeah, just because that happened in Last Jedi doesn't make it good in Force Awakens. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I actually own of like the Fox um, X-Men movies, I actually own a box set that had like all of them that had come out at the time. I think it, it goes through Days of Future Past because like I couldn't like for that exact phenomenon because yeah. I was like, I was like, I want X2. X2 is a movie that I like. Yeah, I cannot, in good conscience, own X two and not own X one. Yeah. If I own X one and X two, I'm going to be really annoyed that I don't own X Men three: The Last Stand, and I'm not paying money for that movie. I'm just not. I'm simply not doing it. And then, so I went to like the used video store that I that I frequent here in town, and they had the they had like the box set of the first like five of them, and it was on sale. And it's like, you know what? This is this is. $19 and I get five movies like I'm pulling the trigger on it because not completing shit like that yeah. annoys me to no end and and this is uh, one of the minor differences between us Caroline and this is the end of the podcast uh, we're on the point of the podcast where we go off onto tangent land yes. uh, and that is I only own X-Men First Class because fight me nerds it's the only good one uh, <laughs> double birds I disagree i think X2 i know you is really fun it's fine it's okay i like the nightcrawler stuff yeah i mean it's extremely okay but like yeah. for 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 what it is it's pretty good yeah all right well that's it we're done um what what do we uh oh shit here's how we go off what is what does niobe say when she gives him a fist bump Oh, I don't remember. Oh, she says like 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 faith fist or something. It's really cool. I like it. I can't remember what it is though. Well, that's the end of the that's podcast. It. We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs>